Hobbit shit. Hello and welcome to that Hobbit shit. I'm Corey, and I'm Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Corey. What, what uh, what chapter are we doing today? Uh, we're doing chapter seven, titled "Gandalf is once again asking for your financial support." <laughs> uh, canvassing door to door. Also, not doing anything himself. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, so. Uh, you may not remember, but when we last visited our heroes, they were just heading out from uh, Ed- Edoras. Yes. The, the last ride of the Rohirrim, I think they called it. Something like that. There was a lot of boistering. They're, they're uh, grim men. They're grim men. They are grim men. It's not mentioned once, but they are. <laughs> okay, so I got I to gotta get into the summary because it is two and a bit. So here we go. Okay. Uh, the host rode along their goodbye Rohan tour for 40 leagues over rolling fields and trickling creeks, stopping only to sleep. Gandalf filled his hours with mundane questions and demoralizing stories for everyone. On the second day of their trip, just as the weather started to turn to shit, they came across a lone rider in a, in a craft, cracked helm. He filled them in on the shit that awaited them. Lots of orcs and wild men from the hills, too. Theoden recruited the man, and they all rode on. Well, most of them. Gandalf remembered he left the stove on back in Edoras. He gave <laughs> Theoden some half-cooked plan and sped off on Shadowfax. <laughs> His cowardice was not missed by the soldiers. <laughs> but they still rode on towards Helm's Deep. Um, as explained in the book, Corey, Helm's Deep sits in a valley between the mountains... Uh, there is a a dike, a wall, a ramp, and a big friggin' tower. Okay. The whole works cuts off the rest of the valley, creating a sort of safe space they call the deep. It's a bunch okay. of caves. Uh, they arrive at the valley to a cacophony c- of horns and some arrows <laughs> that everyone chooses to ignore. A scout rides up, and Theodon asks him about Gandalf. Everyone kind of looks at each other awkwardly. (laughs) Aomer breaks the silence, asking how many orcs there are. A shitload, says the scout. (laughs) Right on, says Theoden. They ride on towards Helm's Deep still, still in the valley, chasing or killing every orc they come across. But they kept riding, Cory, because behind them they could hear that shitload of orcs, and those orcs brought fire. (laughs) That really is a shitload, admitted Aragorn. Not long now, boys. Ride on. Not long they, now, boys. That's good. <laughs> they finally actually arrived at Helm's Deep and rode up the ramp where they were greeted by a single guard. They had flashed his credentials and they were all ushered inside. The old man told them there were thousands of soldiers inside, all of them fit and ready to fight. They had checked in on the provisions and decided this was a great place to put up a good fight. The king and his men all went inside of the tower called the Hornburg, and the rest of the soldiers were left to man the tower and the wall. The precious, precious horses were all stored safely inside the caves, or the deep as it was called, uh, left to guard the food. Gimli stamped around the top of the wall while Legolas fingered his bow. 
they both <laughs> bragged a bit about their people before sneaking in a little nap. Uh, I might my have forgotten people like my people are really good. Uh, <laughs> at midnight, a thunderstorm rolled in. And because of course it did. A flash of, <laughs> a flash of lightning lit the whole valley and they saw it was filled with orcsuses. The whole valley? Uh, the whole valley was filled with orcsuses. They were pouring in. The whole valley. There was a volley of arrows and the battle began. The uncontested orcs ran right up to the wall and stood there scratching their stupid heads. While the bigger orcs and the wild hillmen ran up the ramp towards the fortress. Just as they reached the top, the defenders finally defended, pelting the orcs with arrows and rocks that they threw from above over and over again. But there were too many orcs and wild hillmen, Corey, and not enough rocks. Eventually, <laughs> they gained the advantage and dragged some old trees up that they used as a battering ram. Aragorn and Aomer were burrowing out, listening to the booming, and knew it was their chance to show off their sword skills. They went running out a secret door, yelling the cool names of their swords and cut the shit out of everything in the gate at the gates. The rammers dropped their ram and ran. Aragon and Aomer were so busy high-fiving and programming that they didn't see some sneaky little orcs hiding amongst the dead. As they were walking back to the door, arguing about who was buying the first round of beer, the orcs jumped Aomer and dragged him to the ground. Luckily, Gimli, having overheard the talk of beer, was rushing to the door at the same time. He beheaded those sneaky little orcs and earned his own beer. <laughs> his first of the night. <laughs> As they stumbled on towards the beer cask, Gimli saw Legolas counting his kills. He was at 20 already. Shit. <laughs> the whole time the orcs had been attacking the wall, climbing up... Oh, sorry. This whole time the orcs had been attacking the wall, climbing up with ropes and ladders and being cut down as fast as they could climb. While the battle dragged on, some more sneaky orcs snuck up a sewage drain, got to the horses. Gimli saw his chance to even things up with the elf and ran after them, beer in hand. <laughs> he killed 19 orcs, Corey, before anyone bothered to help him. Then climbed back up to find Legolas to brag to, but he was already at 24. Everyone was just catching their breath when they heard a huge explosion. Those dastardly orcs had blasted a hole in the wall and were pouring in going right for the horses. Is this all about horses? It's all about horses. It's, it's Rohan, Corey. They're precious, precious horses. Right. <laughs> Half the heart army retreated to the caves, the deep, with the horse to guard the horses, while the rest retreated to the keep. Only Aragorn, sorry, only Aragorn and Legolas made it to the keep. And they were pretty bummed, even though they admitted the caves were a much better place to be, what with all the food and the precious, precious horses. <laughs> uh, they found Theoden who was super bummed and they talked about the reckless hate and cursed Gandalf's bad advice <laughs> at least we have a few horses here said Theoden let's go on one last ride on that sweet ramp sure said Aragon just give me one sec he headed to the window to check the time and noticed the sun was coming up some orcs saw him and yelled something or other he was not having any of that and gave him a good taunting said he made a few lewd gestures for good measure before heading back to the king. Okay, ready, he said. Everyone with a horse had mounted and they were ready to ride down the ramp when someone had the brilliant idea to blow the big-ass horn in the hornburg. Then they blew it and it was sweet. The king and Aragon and all the coolest riders rode down the ramp, running all the way, sorry, running down orcs the whole way and they ran on towards the dike where they encountered this weird-ass forest that had grown overnight. 
the orcs were already pretty freaked out by the crazy king and the really cool horsemen. <laughs> and and the brand new forest that seemed to come out of nowhere when they heard a commotion behind them. It was Gandalf, Corey. He hadn't run away. He had gathered a whole army overnight. And they rode down the orcs, driving them into the weird fucking forest. The end. <laughs> I think you made a pretty uh, pretty good work of that summary there, Mike. It's a massive chapter. Yes, it is. It's a really big chapter. <laughs> uh, I got notes, but but I think I need a beer because I've earned it. Uh, just like Gimli, you've earned it. And if Gimli's like allowed Gimli. to have one, then so are we. Why not? It's only noon. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I was gonna I was gonna commend you for um, volunteering to have a beer at noon today, so we can record early. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> but the only food for the raven too. Okay, well, uh, on that note, welcome to the Green Dragon Inn, where we discuss the beers that we've selected for today's episode. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Sorry, I'm drinking a beer called All Night Stout, a black light uh, stout from Nickel Brock Brewing Company. Oh, that's a, that's an Ontario guy, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm pouring it. I can't read the can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Burlington, Ontario. Holy moly! Look at that. <laughs> I, I can hear I the regret have... in your voice. <laughs> I'm not upset at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to settle so I can have a sip. I should have poured it earlier so it would be all ready to go. That's a good point. I'll pour mine now, Mike. Oh, that's really good. Ooh, it is. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> Uh, can um, I ask you a question? Does it uh, does it phosphoresce under blacklight? I wish it did, and and the can looks like it should. It's got a cool moth hanging around a moon. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I've seen that actually. Oh, it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's dark, and it's got it's a really good stout flavor, but it's not really sweet. Okay. Uh, and it's got almost like a metallic aftertaste, but in a good way. Hmm. Okay. Sweet. I like it. It was packaged on April 23rd. Oh my, that was a while ago. Uh, yeah. It is December 3rd for anyone wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good start. I haven't really been imbibing much lately. Oh yeah. Um, so this is a nice little tasty treat. <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, I think these days that Hobbit shit is uh, most of the time that I tend to drink beer. But um, I did just Definitely... pick a little whiskey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been thinking about scotch. That's as far as I thought, thinking about it. <laughs> I was being, uh, this is off topic, but I was being tempted by my coworkers on Friday because one of them was talking about beer in the morning and I was like, oh yeah, it's stout season. And then later in the afternoon, another coworker was like, Corey, we've been drinking spiced drinks lately. And I was like, oh yeah, it's whiskey season. <laughs> <laughs> I There was a year where I got really into um, Sort Liège. Have you ever had it? Oh, you told me about that, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever have it again, but it's really good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like a 50-50 blend of maple syrup and whiskey. Yeah, I bet that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you drink it You drink it ice cold over ice, and it's very good. Oh, sweet, yeah. Nice. And what are you drinking, Corey? Yeah, I suppose we should digress slightly. Uh, well, Mike, um, I am also drinking a beer from Ontario, from good old Barry, uh, from the Flying Monkeys Brewery. I have... Oh, um, 
<laughs> oh yeah, you know, you know, fly monkeys. Everybody knows fly monkeys. Yeah, my first encounter, we were both drinking together at a pub. Oh really? Yeah, I think it was like uh, it was a super hoppy, high percentage beer that we ended our evening with. I feel like they have quite a few of those. They're um uh they're good for that. I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, well, they call this one a crushable IPA, uh, and Mike, it is called the mutants are revolting. <laughs> a bit of a double entendre there. Yeah, yeah, they are revolting, and they're also revolting, <laughs> uh, just like the orcs in the chapter today. Yeah, the revolting orcs. Orcs. <laughs> uh, it's a. It, it's pretty good. I, uh, I would say it's crushable. It's like a fairly light IPA. It's four point five percent. Oh. Would you guys give me an IBU? There's way too much on the can for me to look and try and find an IBU. <laughs> I feel like it would be fairly low. Yeah, I don't have any of that information either. I, I feel like people figured out it was bullshit. Yeah, it is like completely gone by the wayside now, uh, which is hilarious. I'm excited about the next beer trend. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's a very drinkable uh, IPA. Not not too terribly bitter. Piney. That's your first time having it? Uh, yes. Oh, wow. Is it crushable? I'd say it's pretty crushable, yeah. You got to be careful when you call an IPA crushable because sometimes yeah. they just taste like Drano and <laughs> you can't, can't crush Yeah, it. but if you find a good crushable one, they are certainly crushable. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. Do you? Uh, uh, do they have fly monkeys out there? Like if you go to uh, your local liquor establishment? I don't think so. Um, oh. I've never seen it at least. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, that's, one of, that's... Probably one of those weird things where... I think you have to produce a certain amount to be able to uh, to ship across borders. Uh, at least at some point you did. I don't know if it's still true. No, that's, that probably makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's everywhere here, but that's in Ontario, so that's a lot different. But, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for coming to the Green Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, let's uh, let's settle up our tab and uh, move on to notes, shall we? Notes, Corey, notes, yes. Mike, this needs to be said, uh, and we can talk about it more, I guess, when we actually watch the movie, but Helm's Deep of the book is wildly different from Helm's Deep of the movies. <laughs> uh, both in construction and yes. uh, the actual narrative, yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, maybe not totally, but like, yeah, some, some pretty big discrepancies there. Uh, another character was cut, Urkenbrand. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, gl Glamding might as well have been. I think doesn't Theoden say like, "Who am I?" to him, but he's just like he's never had any lines before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. I can picture him in the movie. He's a named character, but he doesn't really do anything. Yeah, I think it's right before they ride out uh, that I can picture Theoden talking to him. I don't. I don't recall him before that. But... Yeah, and you know who gets done dirty in the movie? Aomer. Yes, that was my other part of this. Is yeah, Aomer was there. He was at fucking Helmsteep. <laughs> yeah, and doing a lot. Yes. Yeah, right beside our boy Gimli. Yeah. Uh, what did I have about that? It would have been really cool if the movie had focused on Gimli and Aomer in the caves. Yeah, that would have like, been cool. It just kind of glossed over. They find him after, don't they? He's got a bandage on his head. Yeah, because I think uh, they get caught. Yeah, they they get caught somewhere that Aragorn and Legolas aren't, and they're kind of afraid that they're both dead. Yeah. Uh, but no, they were just hewing orcs. Yeah. Uh, I believe in the movie, Gimli has his axe embedded in uh, in an orc's central nervous system. 
since you brought it up, that's always something that <laughs> that bothered me slightly, only slightly. I'm not going to say I actually complained about it, but I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, he knows about central nervous systems in Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, he does. He also, well, Leg Legolas knows about <laughs> surfing a shield down a stairwell. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, even though it took place in the future, I just realized that that scene was precedent for the bomber barrel scene in the Hobbit movies. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't even. Sorry. We're going to we're gonna watch this movie soon, I think. Yeah, I think real soon. Cool. I, I, don't, I don't know where our cutoff point is. We'll talk about it off air. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, What's your next note, Mike? My next note is how fucking confusing this chapter is. <laughs> <laughs> this this was the first time I ever understood it, and it's because I had to write a summary. And I looked up actual, well, I sent you one, like Tolkien's actual sketch of Helm's Deep, because I didn't understand what the fuck it was. Yes, I also have, uh, I, I had also found that sketch when I was doing my notes, and I have it here up on my computer. Um, we should post this, actually. We'll post this on our socials so that people can see it. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, well, like, my only point of reference, maybe it's just like the way my brain works. I couldn't picture the way it was built. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I didn't picture it being like far down the, uh, what do you even call it? Like I was calling it a valley because it essentially is, but I don't think it's a valley if it's between mountains. Uh, uh, I think he calls it the arms of the mountain. Uh, yeah. They, they traveled half a day. <laughs> <laughs> from the field to the actual Helm's Deep. Yeah, I suppose that's another part of it too, um, uh, is that, you know, Rohan is this big wide flat area. And so they essentially traveled like to the very, very, very edge of Rohan. Because yeah. I, ima I can't imagine it continuing beyond that. <laughs> no, and, and they were kind of like hemmed in where they were. It seemed like between them and helm's deep there was no way to go around the orcs so they had to go through like the roving bands yeah yeah um yeah it's it's an interesting thing uh it kind of brings up maybe one logistical problem is like it's a really good keep because of that very specific uh landscape however at the same time it's like the orcs didn't really need to attack it <laughs> yeah. like if, if they if they never <laughs> attacked it then the army wouldn't have been stopped <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that was a, I was just reading, when I was trying to figure out what the heck happened, I read some people's criticize, criticism of Saruman and how he's just shitty at war tactics. Yeah, I guess it does all come down to him. Like, it was like, he was like, attack that, keep, kill them, and then come back. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like, you know, laying, <laughs> it, it should be pretty common knowledge that uh, laying siege to a, a, some sort of a keep like that is going to take a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hubris, I guess, would would be the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Would be I, I guess he, he did think he had worn the king down to nothing. Yeah, and he thought he had an unstoppable army. Yeah. Of of uh, essentially two year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Essentially. Um, oh, I think I said in a previous episode the oldest that the Urukai could have possibly been, but uh, I'm not going to look that up now. But, um, well, they're they're not old. No, no, they're not there. Yeah, um, the Hillman though, they the Hillman. Sorry, the Hillman were there. Mike, are you talking about the Dunlendings? Yeah, 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm going to come back to that in the Madden post. Okay. I was just trying to drop a little hint there. Uh, what else? Uh... Uh, well, I sorry, I had a, let me just see. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I had a note on the same thing. And it was just like, all I had really written down was like, yeah, I, I really could not draw you a map just by reading this. <laughs> no, but and like, so you get confusing. the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very confusing when you try to think about it. You're like, so wait, that's here, but that's there. And like, but I, I also don't have knowledge of um, uh, medieval keep building. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, there could have been terminology that was obvious. Yeah. Um, and I assumed like the dike would run all the way around and maybe under the ramp, but no, that's not how it worked. <laughs> I think it ran around the wall and then parallel to the road leading up. Yeah. I think. I, I think I it know. does go under the ramp though in the drawing. Yes, I'm so confused. Still so confused. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, it, it also was a confusing chapter because near the beginning it breaks off to explain Helm's Deep, but the army is still like a day's ride away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I was a little confused when I was doing my summary of the previous chapter uh, when they first wrote out, like when they when they left Edoras, like where they were going. Uh, and then when I was reading the beginning of this one, I was like, what? They're not going straight to Helm's Deep. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, right. They're not going straight to Helm's Deep. They ran into an army and we're like we better get to fucking home Steve. Yeah. oh yeah that's right they panicked well they didn't run into a bunch of uh shouldn't criticize the movie too much at this point a bunch of uh wargs <laughs> oh yeah right <laughs> yeah that's such yeah I, we'll, i'll leave it for the movie uh <laughs> um what do i else they really left shit to the last minute that's my next note um, like the last possible minute like uh like theoden's company left shit to the last possible minute it, yeah their escape yeah yeah that's yeah definitely um yeah. <laughs> uh well I, I think that i think the best way to answer this is this is also sort of one of my notes because this is the first time that like all a war actually sort of takes place yeah like like all the characters are hinting about it and worried about it all through the book so far but this is the first time you're like oh things are actually really happening yeah and bad, yeah bad things. yeah and, and like yeah i guess uh i guess that gets down to gandalf's haste uh in the last couple chapters of, maybe he knew maybe he had a, like a a pretty solid inkling that like if i don't get theoden outside in the next three hours <laughs> they're all gonna die <laughs> And that's why he took off when he when they encountered that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, literally faster than anyone could follow. Um, and my last note, Corey. Oh, wait, no, I've got another one. And they also didn't really plan much at all. It was, you know, how they sh they left everything to the last minute, and then they end up showing up and being like, uh, "Do you guys have supplies?" <laughs> Well, they're, yeah, they're so grim that they like, yeah, as when they left Edoras, they're like, well, we're probably all going to die. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, there's a big army there. Well, I guess if we stay, we're all going to die. So maybe we should not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, uh, Helm's Deep was full of supplies and yes, horses. Very luckily. And that was thanks to Urkenbrand. Yeah. Who got done dirty in the movie. <laughs> 
he wasn't even mentioned. And uh, the only thing that was mentioned was the Westfold falling, not how important it was. Yep. Yeah. Where was Gondor? Uh, is that where the king's son fell as well? I think that he might have fallen at the Fords of Aizen because I think that's where the army was initially headed. Because right. I think I think most of the fighting had taken place there, um, like in the last year or a couple of years or whatever. I I think that's where he met his end, if you will. What, what a cool <laughs> book! Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, where where am I at with notes here? Uh, that one, that one. Uh, ooh, ooh, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, I like coming back to my theory about magic um i really like that the fire of isengard uh which is what blows up the walls is like actually pretty ambiguous yeah yeah so the book never actually touches on like what happened like what it was or like none of the characters actually saw it firsthand so it's like i don't know man were there orc mages out there or was it gunpowder like in the movie <laughs> yeah good point um boy it could have been either hey yeah, and I, and I love that. I, I love that it's like left pretty ambiguous. Some sorcery of Isengard. Uh, that's, you know what? If I had to choose, if someone asked me <laughs> which I would choose, I think they were orc mages doing low level fire magic. Oh, it that's... makes it a much cooler story, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but Saruman had turned his mind to what? Metal and oh, machines. Oh, metal and wheels. Yeah. Hey, right. That's a good point. <laughs> Point taken. Uh, to my last note, and I feel like you might have this as well. Okay. okay. Uh, how, how much of this went according to Gandalf's plan? <laughs> I mean, again, that could sort of go either way. Either it's going like exactly as he planned, uh, and no better or worse, uh, or <laughs> it's just a spectacular amount of luck at work <laughs> <laughs> having a, a all-knowing wizard in your story kind of makes things very convenient <laughs> well what what do you think like what's your take on that I, I don't know like so many things had to line up perfectly for everything to work out yes like did he know theoden would want to have a last ride he couldn't have known that the forest would show up. No, yeah, that, yeah, definitely not. That's that's sort of like a weird one because he knew that Mary and Pippin were there fucking around, but like, uh, yeah, he couldn't possibly know that they would show up at a battle because it's a forest. Yeah, well, he he kind of did intend them to get Treebeard all riled up, but yeah, yeah, but to what end? It's hard to say. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I guess he did spend uh, the entire night during the battle, like, uh, you know, speeding around on Shadowfax as fast as possible and getting absolutely everyone together. Yeah, you know, back to the movie. Um, it, it's so brilliant that they added in Gandalf saying, look for me at dawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't tell anyone, fuck all, he just took off. Yeah, and like you mentioned in the summary, it really disheartened the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the soldiers were like, huh. <laughs> well, yeah, imagine being like, okay, our, our king is uh, is like a half-dead, uh, I don't know, puppet of Saruman. And then suddenly he wakes up, 
and there's a fucking wizard and the lost king of gondor and it's like okay boys let's go run to war and you're like shit yeah and then at the first side of any battle the wizard is like well I'll see you guys around. <laughs> I got stuff to do, and he takes off as fast as you've ever seen anything move. <laughs> that would make you feel so <laughs> terrible. <sighs> yeah. Like, think about how fast Shadowfax is running and how fast they've seen things move. It's... <laughs> yeah, it's beyond anything they know. And they're all horse riders. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> That wizard just fucked us. I mean, they already don't trust him. They call him Gandalf Grey. What is it? Greyhane? Oh, yeah. And, and Stormcrow. And um, yeah. Uh, uh, what was the thing that Wormtongue said? Um, Loth spell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gandalf's like a, a college student doing his project the night before. <laughs> Like um, maybe it worked out the way that he wanted, but it he just made it by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, he got an A. Means <laughs> <laughs> left scratching his head. Um, you just remind me that there were rumors of worm tongue traveling abroad with a bunch oh, of yeah. orcs. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cool part of the chapter two of like, uh, hey, has anyone seen Gandalf? Uh, no, but we saw the king's right hand man riding with orcs. <laughs> he may or may not have had a torch in his hand. <laughs> he got there pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, that's all for my notes, Corey. Um, I have one final one for you, Mike. Okay. Now I'm specifically looking for your opinion on this note. So, Mike, in your own words, would you say that Rohan would have fallen if not for Gimli the Dwarf and the 42 orcs that he slayed? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, Corey, but I, oh, think some, I think some horses would have been pretty messed up. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good answer. I'll accept that. Uh, I, I think at the very least, uh, Aragorn and if not, Aomer would have died if it weren't if Gimli wasn't there. So. <laughs> Yeah, 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 probably. And definitely Aomer. <laughs> More likely Aomer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, ooh, but Gimli does see the... Or he he's the first person to see all the orcs swimming in under the stream. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so maybe a lot of them would have gotten in had he not seen them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and again, Aomer would have been the first to die. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> Really, I just want to uh, hit home that Gimli is really important and a cool guy. <laughs> the star of the show? <laughs> well, Sam's not here, so. Did we get a final count on uh, Legolas's uh, kills? Uh, yes. the According to the book, uh, 41 for Legolas, 42 for uh, Gimli. And then according to the movie, for whatever reason, 43 for Gimli, 42 for Legolas. Weird. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was looking this up. And then they do another count in Return of the King. I can't remember if they do in the book or not. Oh shit, do they? Oh, I forget. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember huh. he takes down takes down that whole elephant with the most ridiculous scene in the whole trilogy. Oh yeah, then he's like, that only counts as one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> like I said, it for notes. Anyway. Yep. Uh, what's next, Corey? Where are we going to the Madam House? 
Oh, sure, if you'd like, if you're ready. Is that what we're doing next? Yeah, let's do it. The Matham House, it was called. Welcome to the Matham House, where we discuss something that was barely worth discussing. (laughs) Hey, Corey, what Matham were you inflicted with? I I feel so deflated after that intro. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, like you said, my Matham is the history of Helm's Deep and who built that shit. Uh, (laughs) That's just right. That was... It sounds like uh, an exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> I got to make sure I uh, I take stock of these things right away. Otherwise, I would have been lost to history. Um, well, uh, as a bit of a disclaimer, not a lot happened in the history of Elm's Deep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I got. So the answer to who built it uh, is Gondor. And we still don't know where Gondor was when the Westfold fell, but... Um, this uh, this Matham will actually pick up uh, a few places from your Matham in the last episode, Mike. Uh, oh. About, about Aeorl the Young. So Helm's Deep was made in the Second Age during the height of Gondor's glory. Uh, but the land was generally empty at that point, as I understand it, uh, until Aeorl the Young came along. Please see last Matham. Uh, and so <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> uh, and we come to the Third Age. And the keep uh, actually wasn't referred to as Helm's Deep until after the death of one Helm Hammerhand, the ninth king of the Mark. Yes. Yeah, you're on the edge of your seat now, aren't you? So Helm got his name, by the way, uh, by punching a guy named Freka so hard that he died. (laughs) I did not know that. Hammerhand, it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, you just laid him out. Um, Freka wanted uh, his son to marry Helm's daughter, but Helm called him fat, and Freka called Helm old, and then <laughs> there you have it. Uh, one hit, and <laughs> he's up. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, this guy Freka was a bad guy, and Freka's son Wolf, uh, that's W W U L F, was also a bad guy, and he had a bunch of bad guy allies. They were done lendings, Mike. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Um, And the Dunlendings were pretty chapped against Numenor for quite a few centuries. And then subsequently, they were chapped against Gondor, uh, particularly since 2510 when the land was given to Aeorl the Young. Um, Yes, yes. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, So after Freka's death, uh, Wolf allied with the Corsairs of Umbar. Uh, Umbar being a land to the south of Gondor on the way to Harad. Uh, And there's whispers of Harad being bad guys... um, under the sway of Sauron. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stop there. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go into that. It's funny when you look these things up and you're just like, this is like not just one can of worms. It's like 10 cans of worms. Yeah, the whole shelf fell over on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, what is Umbar? What is, what's a Dunland name? But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, Where are um, the blue wizards? <laughs> I was thinking about that because they weren't mentioned. Um, but they were over there somewhere. Uh, uh, so anyway, Ro- Rohan had long trouble with the Dunlendings, and the Dunlendings and the Corsairs of Umbar, their combined forces, overpowered Rohan, and they took Edoras, uh, forcing Helm to take shelter in the keep. And the keep was under under siege during the long winter of 2758-2759 of the Third Age. Now, Mike, the long winter is not to be confused with the fell winter of 2911 when the Brandywine froze and White Wolves feasted upon the flesh of many a fat, stupid hobbit. Those were different? 
those were different winters. <laughs> uh, I was very excited for a moment until I did a little bit of fact checking. <laughs> so this actually took place before the fell winter. This is the long winter. One of the cans of worms. Uh, during this siege, Helm's two sons, Haleth and Hama, were both killed in uh, various uh, battles. Um, Helm, because of this, grew all thin and spooky looking out of grief, but he would blow his horn and sneak out uh, or fight his way out. I'm not 100% clear on that. Uh, and he would just murder Dunlendings in the night barehanded. <laughs> he'd blow his horn, he'd sneak out of the keep, and he would murder people during snowstorms. <laughs> uh, and one of these nights when he was uh, doing murder, he died and his body was found standing upright, apparently dead from freezing to death during one of uh, one of these murder walks. <laughs> just, just fucking terrifying. Um, and they say like, they say that his horn can still sometimes be heard on cold, windy nights when the crescent moon is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but this spooky ghost story is actually why it's called Helm's Deep. Oh, so it's haunted. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is supposed to be haunted. Um, uh, and I guess especially when the horn blows, and I guess the horn blowing would have been pretty scary. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, after after Helm's death, his nephew Freilaf, uh, his sister's son, if you will, he became the next king. Uh, and in that spring, after the long winter, he retook Edoras, and with the help of Gondor, he drove the Dunlendings and those Umbar guys from Rohan and from Isengard, because the Dunlendings had uh, sort of taken over Isengard during this time. Um, and Gondor was also like fighting with the Corsairs of Umbar separately. And so it sort of worked out that they worked together. Um, and then it was actually at the suggestion of this Freilaf uh, to the steward of Gondor that old Saruman should live in Orthanc and keep it secret and safe. <laughs> wow, this really goes all the way around, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> it comes back to some bad ideas. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, that's actually... Pretty much entirely it for the history of Helm's Deep until the day that Gimli showed up. Wow. That's all I got here. <laughs> well, yeah, there's like, there, there seemed to be nothing else other than the event of uh, of its naming. Oh, I, th I would have thought there was more. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, we, uh, uh, so dear listeners, we were planning to record this episode like several weeks at a time, but um, we were sort of taking turns not being able to record. <laughs> and so I was putting off finishing my Mathem. So when we first time in this episode, I started it and I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. There's so, so many different, like, <laughs> like just all these different peoples and events and stuff. And I'm like, how do I keep these straight? Uh, and I just put it off and put it off and put it off. But I think I really needed that to like sit down with it and, and, and just sort of read my notes over and be like, oh, okay. I think I have a grip <laughs> on telling the story. <laughs> uh, good mouthing for you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for that one. I, I, I'm sorry that it's so confusing, but also, uh, I, I sorry, sorry that it doesn't have a answer to my question, really. But uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of information there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's like uh, in terms of like the building of the place, uh, there's absolutely nothing. <laughs> like why it was built uh anyway yeah yeah there was a bit of a comment the reason i thought there'd be more for sure is in the chapter there, there's just mentioned that the men of numenor built it but that was all yeah uh yeah that's all <laughs> oh boy okay well 
it leaves the dust on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably best if we move on. <laughs> What's in this? Nothing. Just a bit of seasoning. I thought maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something. Cooking with Sam, where we cook something up with Sam. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cooking with Sam, where we spend some time with Sam because we miss him so much. We do. We miss him an awful lot. <laughs> and we go to a lot of effort to fill the void. <laughs> it's tough. Yep. I think this, I don't want to spoil this one, but it's one of the better fillings. Uh, I'm I'm glad you thought so, Mike. Um, well, okay, let me let me set this up for us. Um, so we are now amongst the deep dark wilds of the internet because uh, we've abandoned our cookbook. Um, and I've previously come ac across this blog that this one is from. Uh, it's called Feast of Starlight. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point I was trying to find an orc draft, uh, but I think this was like long before we did, started doing cooking with Sam. So this might have been a, <laughs> just a personal assignment. <laughs> uh, but orc draft recipes are. Uh, are very elusive. I have still not found one that is either gross or stupid. <laughs> so we're doing Lembas from the Feast of Starlight blog. Yes. Yeah, Elvish Way bread and shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, I got a bit of a story, so you go first. Okay. Uh, well, uh, a couple little nitpicks right off the bat. Um, there was no salt in this recipe, not even a pinch. Not even... A little bit is there. Yeah, which is always kind of a strange choice. Uh, possibly my biggest gripe. Um, well, I don't know, not, not necessarily. Uh, who, who might have just complained about this? But um, uh, step one of the recipe, as with most recipes, is to preheat your oven. And then several steps later, it says, let the dough <laughs> chill for 40 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, that that bothered me. I was like, you definitely don't need your oven on while the dough is chilling in the fridge. Yeah, I I said I said to my wife, I says, uh, this person needs an editor. <laughs> well, that that's it. You know, like here we are. Uh, we thought a book would have more editing, but we were wrong. And then <laughs> we're just out in the internet now. So <laughs> yeah, because I have a toddler i never preheat before i'm ready because who knows how long it's going to take to get everything together oh that's a very good point yeah things could go sideways pretty quick um <laughs> but but anyway so so they didn't get me this time for <laughs> not today satan what else you got oh sorry 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 i thought <laughs> I, <laughs> um I took, well sorry i i took the wind out of your sails there no, that's okay. Um, uh, uh, kind of last thing for me to sort of say is, uh, I found it was uh just sticky as all fuck when I was trying to cut it. Um, so I had to oh, add yeah. another half a cup of almond meal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I also omitted the sliced almonds because uh, I personally find sliced almonds to be the lowest form of the almond. <laughs> okay. But I did put some sunflower seeds on top. Okay. I I've got some notes on your notes. Okay. Uh, what did what did you think of it before we get there? Uh, I actually really liked it. Uh, I thought it was like it, it kind of tasted like a big giant graham cracker. Oh, okay. So I also made note of the preheating ridiculousness. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, what did, what did I do? I did something to mitigate the stickiness. I think I I used parchment paper to roll it out. Oh, that's a good idea. Like sandwiched it between. Uh, was that from, I, was that from the recipe? It might have been. I found when we moved into this house, I found 
two whole like hundred foot rolls or hundred meter rolls of parchment paper. Really? <laughs> like on the on the top of the kitchen shelves. <laughs> so I've just been using it for everything. That's pretty um, sweet. Yeah. I, Corey, you didn't mention this, but I will mention it. I found orange blossom water for this. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't find it. And I No, I it. could not. I ordered it special from Amazon. <laughs> you can we put you found it in quotations? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I scoured all the places that I thought it would possibly be. Uh well, okay. Yeah, I, I, I tried I, a couple places. I cut it out of our last our last episode <laughs> because it was irrelevant, but uh, I looked for it at Whole Foods and wasn't embarrassed terribly when Mariah brought up. Oh, are you looking for old orange blossom water for your podcast in, in front of just a whole bunch of people? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think I remember us talking. <laughs> well, I tried uh, Bulk Barn, and I thought for sure Bulk Barn would have it, and they did not. But yeah, um, anyway, sorry, I couldn't find it anywhere, but I ordered it online. Um, it made these things unpalatable to me. Really? <laughs> I I really liked them, but the orange blossom water, the aftertaste was is just like bitter and kind of medicinal almost. Not it's not 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 medicinal, but there's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like <laughs> I was ready to gloat about having orange blossom water, but I really kind of fucked myself with it. Uh, because <laughs> otherwise, like the initial taste, I I really like these and uh they're actually really handy with a toddler because it he thinks it's a treat. Uh it's pretty healthy. It's like almonds and butter. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, totally. And uh, I think there's an orange in there too, or lemon. Yep. Yeah, the, and like they're pretty good. Uh I put sliced almonds and I wish I didn't because you're right about them. I also hate the way they just cut the shit out of the inside of your mouth sometimes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, but I put them in like a pool. I it was like, uh, I don't really like sliced almonds, but I'll do it. And uh, I shouldn't have, especially because there was not a lot of liquid. I thought maybe they'd bake down a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Soften, but they just stayed their uh, their sharpened selves. Um, yeah, but it all got eaten. eaten. Uh, I couldn't find. Oh, the other thing I couldn't find was the uh, banana leaves. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I I saw that there's like um, uh, it's sort of like a Portuguese grocery store uh, that may or may not have had banana leaves. I saw them on their website uh, when I was looking for stuff here in good old Toronto. But I was like, ah, I I don't know. I don't think <laughs> I decided not to go all the way out there because it doesn't affect the flavor at all. And I managed to get a pretty decent Instagram pick anyway. <laughs> yeah, I I did I send you my picture. Yes, you did. Yeah, I was very yeah. impressed at your uh, your banana leaf substitution. Uh, <laughs> sacrificed a bit of a houseplant. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just revenge for um uh, for being outed as a podcaster in Whole Foods. <laughs> right. Even if I didn't intend it, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Uh, but good recipe. This is one of the better ones. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd omit the the slivered almond shards and the orange blossom water. Well, yeah, you can um <clears throat> on the orange blossom water. Uh, 
you can find pretty easily when you search for it, like what are substitutions for it? Um, and there are a few options. And so I used orange, uh, orange extract. Uh, yeah. I don't recall what my like conversion of the recipe was. Um, but uh, it was great. It was really lovely. And I'm kind of glad that I have this orange extract because I, I bought that. Um, I didn't have it just beforehand. Uh, and it's like, it smells so lovely. <laughs> I really want to use it in something else, but I don't I don't know what to put it in just yet. Yeah, I'm stuck with this orange blossom water that I don't want. <laughs> uh, orange rind would have been really good, I think, too. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I think you could have gotten it similar because when I was reading about it, there's like a bitterness to the orange blossom water yeah you want and i feel like you could have gotten that from the rind oh definitely yeah i would think so yeah um yeah yeah. because it's lemon zest i think in the uh in the recipe i believe yeah but yeah yeah yeah, i'd make i'd make it again i also couldn't find almond meal oh really yeah i could find almond flour i made my own almond meal because i have a blender Uh, oh fair enough yeah (laughs) um I realized the difference is almond flour doesn't have the almond peel on the yeah. almonds. So I guess it doesn't really matter. No, no, it's, it's probably just like a strictly aesthetic thing, I would think. Uh, or, or almond meal might be a bit drier, I would assume, just because it has a Oh, maybe, but, yeah. Yeah. But that didn't help anyway, because like, yeah, the dough was really fucking wet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, sort of final thoughts on this is like, I don't, know that it could sustain a man for days on end <laughs> no but, but that's okay we live in a world where we don't need that um uh and yeah i would make this again and by the way mike i would also make the pumpkin bread again which i did <laughs> i have actually so, oh. made the pumpkin bread one more time so we're two for two on our visit outside of the book yes yeah we are we're doing pretty good actually <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we will um uh we'll post this recipe to our Patreon for our Patreon supporters, uh, so that you can yeah, we will. use it uh before the episode even comes out. Oh, I guess they would get a yeah. You're right. Good point, Corey. Good point. Yeah, I'll try to do that today. Actually, but that doesn't need to be recorded. Um, but yeah, okay. Should we move on, Mike? Yeah. Well, what do we got? Oh, yeah, we got one more left. A big one. Well, we got fan cast. Uh, I got a cast for you. Cast it into the fire. Fan cast it into the fire where we choose our cast. Sorry. Fan cast <laughs> in the fire where we fan cast characters in our rendition of Lord of the Rings. Which which omits no character. <laughs> no characters omitted. And no <laughs> what's the line from Jurassic Park? Uh Jurassic Park? Hold on we to your spared, we spared no cost. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> uh, okay well uh mike uh we still don't have a theoden at this point and we really <gasps> really need a theoden <gasps> yeah okay um and uh like i said this this episode was a couple weeks in the making um and when we were when we were first talking about it you and i were both pretty fresh off of watching um the fall of the house of usher yes mike i absolutely need mark hamill to be our theoden <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that's a great choice he'd be so good he uh i he'd also be a really good denethor uh as a side note but um yeah. in whichever role i'm fine with. <laughs> oh wow see i thought you were going to <laughs> i thought you were going to cast kate siegel or uh carla 
Jadino? Is that how you say her name? Oh, who's who's that one? Um, in the fall of the House of Usher, sees the person who murders everybody. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I should have known that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Either of those would. <laughs> 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 yeah, please uh, edit that out. Uh, um, <laughs> she, I think she's also the creator's wife. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Kate Siegel is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, was it Kate? Okay, sorry. I thought Carla was. Maybe they both were. Maybe maybe one of them's an ex. I don't know. Hollywood's a weird place, but <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, but long story short, the fall of the House of Usher is fantastic, uh, and we need some of that in our <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've liked all of those shows so far, and uh, Mark Hamill is fantastic in it. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, it, that the like the fucking weird low grumble of his voice the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you want like he's acting so well but you also kind of just want to laugh because you like i don't know i like mark hamill as a person (laughs) yeah i i love how he doesn't care about playing this like real creep (laughs) the pym reaper yeah and he's like he he's all disfigured slightly (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah i wonder how much of that was his idea too (laughs) <laughs> well that's that's the kind of energy we need brought to the set of the ranks because we uh, agree i think we doubled the budget when we cast uh we have double, doubled the budget before but when we cast taylor swift as eowyn we possibly tripled the budget <laughs> yeah uh, i think she might be. <laughs> she might demand a pretty penny <laughs> she's the singular person with the star power to refuse this role <laughs> And we also kind of cast her in a bit of a bit part too. It's, it doesn't have a lot of screen time. <laughs> yeah, it's it'll it will be till the sixth movie that she really gets a lot of time. Yeah, we'd have to really think Faramir, and luckily we have lots of time. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, we're working on that. But yeah. Anyhow, yeah. So that's fan cast it for this week. <laughs> Great work, Corey. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. <laughs> Ready? Yes. I shall draw you Saruman, the the segment where we discuss the chapter title illustration for this episode. Well, Mike, I've just sent it to you. Uh, It was my burden to illustrate Helm's Deep. I was both excited and fearful. (laughs) I hope you drew every brick. (laughs) Oh, you did! (laughs) Uh, Actually, I specifically did not. Okay, so I'm gonna. Try, I don't know what your reference here is, but it looks very familiar. Oh uh, well, you know, it it it's it was kind of one of those things where like I sort of started with like a, a vague uh, idea, uh, and then it just sort of um, changed from there. Like I was I was kind of thinking like black and white, like comic book, like kind of like kind of along the lines of something like Hellboy. Um, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Very sort of like heavy shadows and stuff. Um, yeah, and it just sort of came from that. And I also really like the description of like all their spears um held up was like a, a new sprung forest. Bit of a bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bit uh, of bit of cruel foreshadowing, but um and this, I also is, is this inkwash? 
Oh, uh, actually, it is a watercolor. I got this. I got this fucking new watercolor. It's called Lunar Black, and it's so cool. It like it just like granulates. So it's almost like painting with charcoal. It's like it's rad. Wow. Uh, yeah, because it, it looks like ink wash. It's it's so dark in places, but so like yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. I really wanted to like mess around with it. I like just got it. Um, yeah. And one one of the other things I really like about this is is just the idea of like all of them having the like the white hand on their forehead. Yeah. Um, flashing out at night you know okay so it reminds me of 300 the book oh yeah well yeah that kind of thing like sort of like like really sort of moody like heavy on the ink work comics is what i was like kind of initially going for yeah 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 sweet yeah and like and just sort of like grim uh sort of like war (laughs) type thing which which 300 (laughs) certainly fits into yeah i i quite like this yeah, thanks. I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, so in those times where I was trying to go for like uh, shooting for simplicity, um, yeah, but without I, I don't I don't, I wouldn't call it simple, but yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, well, it's, instead of drawing every brick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you get the coolest chapters. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was excited. I was like, oh, sweet, Helm's Deep, and then I was like, oh. The fuck ah, am I gonna do? Yeah, I got fucking Helms Deep. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, uh, luckily, our boy Jr. put something pretty neat in every chapter. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, we can pull out something every time. Yeah. Oh shit! I accidentally zoomed in on all your text, so my phone looks like I'm a sixty-year-old. <laughs> I, <was> tra- <laughs> I was trying to zoom in on the picture, but I didn't click it first, and I just enlarged all of the text in our conversation. I, I have such a soft spot for that. I love like when I'm at work and I just happen to see like an older person on their phone and it's like it has, only a single message will fit on the screen at a time. And it, just, it just sort of makes me smile. <laughs> my, one of my favorite Instagram, it's not a meme. I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, it's some old guy at a baseball game saying <laughs> he wants to shove an ice cream bar down his pants. But he's, <laughs> but the people like, four rows over can read it because his text is so large. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, great work, Corey. Thanks, Mike. Sorry to, sorry to distract with some perverse old man. No, that's okay. You can be that guy now. <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm always just happy for them that they found that setting. Um, yeah, it's well, it's tough to find too. Let's do our outro. Okay, sweet. Uh, and that was episode seven. Episode seven, chapter seven. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at that Hobbit shit. You can find us on Twitter at Hobbit shit. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash that Hobbit shit, uh, where you can get uh, early access to recipes. You can get uh, apparel and stickers. And thank you to our Patreon supporters. That is Nicole, Jeremy, and Judy. And... Email us, uh, thathobbitshit at gmail.com if you got something to say. <laughs> I don't know what, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's it. We will uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. I'm Corey. And I'm Mike. And may the and may hair, the on, hair your toes on your toes never, never fall, fall off. Out. <laughs>